Well, good morning, Northies. It's wonderful to have a chance to bring a message to you again today. And I guess things are a little bit different now with lockdown, but one of the advantages of lockdown is that you have a little bit more time to watch the tail end of the Olympic Games, and I hope you've been enjoying your favourite sports over the past few weeks. As I was thinking about the Olympics, I realised we just see this much of what an athlete does. We see that final uh, event, that final race, but we forget sometimes all the preparation that's gone into leading to that point. And a big part of the athlete's preparation is to actually step out of the game for a time, to step back from their training and to reflect on the bigger picture of what's happening. Is their training being effective? What was their individual performance like in their last event? How are things going like their diet and other exercise that they have to do? And it's important to be able to step back and reflect in order to progress further in their chosen sport. And this morning we have a chance to do just that. We're in between series. We finished last week the series of David and we've got a brand new series starting next week and I won't tell you what that is because I'll leave that as a as a surprise, so you can tune in and see that next week. So we have this gift of time this morning where we can step back, reflect, and consider how our personal progress is going in our faith journey. Of course, through the year, we've been looking at the theme of wholehearted, and today we can just check and see how we're progressing with that in our own lives. And taking time to reflect on how we're growing and progressing is something that all Christians should do, whether we've known the Lord for a short time or for many, many years. It's important that we all take time to do that. And just as the progression of an athlete's development in their chosen sport involves thinking about a wide range of parts of their lives, so too does this check today. It considers different areas of our Christian lives. But before I do, I want to show you this picture. Now, the tree on the left is called a desert oak. The tree on the right is also a desert oak. It's the same species of tree. Now, it's not like a eucalyptus tree where a young eucalyptus tree looks like an older eucalyptus tree or a young pine tree looks like an older pine tree. With the desert oak, the young tree, which is called the juvenile, you'll notice from the picture that the foliage is closed, it's tight to the trunk. The idea is that any water or dew, rain, anything at all that lands on the foliage drips down to the base of that tree to that small ball of roots that the tree has. The closed foliage around the trunk of the tree also helps it to prevent evaporation in the desert. The foliage is spiky and it deters animals that might want to nibble at it. So that juvenile desert oak tree is all about protecting itself until it grows. By con contrast, the tree on the right, the mature tree, you see that it's open, it provides shade, there's places for birds, there's shelter for animals around the base, and it produces seeds and fruit. It can give where the juvenile tree is looking after itself. And it can be the same for us on our Christian journey. Sure, God meets us where we are, but he doesn't want us to stay that way. In Hebrews we read, 
Let us stop going over the basic teachings of Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. The basic teachings of Christ are so important. Salvation, life with God forever. But we need to grow, we need to progress. And I pray that today as we reflect on that, you might think what God is leading you to do. As we step back and reflect on our progress in our Christian lives, I want to use three circles that will help us to consider the different areas of our Christian life where we can progress. In that first circle, we see the words, the Word of God. Now, there's an amazing fact with the desert oak trees. It's not the age of the juvenile that determines when it will become an adult tree. So that tree could remain a juvenile for all its life and even die a juvenile tree. The decisive factor is when the roots reach deep enough to find a reliable source of water. And once it has that source of water, then it can be transformed into the mature tree. And that's like the Word of God. Our roots have to go deep into the Word of God. Psalm 1 reminds us of that. And it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves neither wither, and they prosper in all they do. And that's such an important verse for us, that our roots need to go deep into the word of God. Christian theologian John Stott says Christians who neglect the Bible simply do not mature. So we can be a Christian for a very long time and not mature if the roots of our lives don't go deep into the Word of God. And Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 4, People do not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, the word of God is the source of our spiritual nutrition. But a word in that Psalm 1 verse really stands out to me is the word meditate. Not just to read the Bible, let it go in one ear and out the other, or give it a cursory glance, but to really meditate, to digest it. I like to journal and write down the things that really are brought home to me through the Holy Spirit. And it's wonderful to reflect back on that and try to let that become part of my life. In the second circle, we have the word faith. We know that we're planted for a reason, that we can trust God even when the desert is hot and dry or there are storms in life. We can trust God that our needs will be provided for that we have a larger purpose than just self-protection, that God is with us always. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So in other words, faith is believing God and his word. But we can't believe his word if we don't know his word. In Romans chapter 10, we read, Consequently, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. 
So there's such a strong connection, isn't there, between getting our roots deep into the Word of God and our faith growing and developing. In the third circle, we see the word action. The action is bearing fruit. And we read in James chapter 1, Don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. And then further on in James chapter 2, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. So we need that aspect of the action to really grow and progress in our Christian lives. Oswald Chambers says spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of years, just like that juvenile tree, but by obedience to the will of God. That's the action. And Jesus knew this too. Though his disciples were with him and heard the word of God from him, their faith grew as they saw the miracles and understood who Jesus was. But yet there was a time where he intentionally set them out to preach the word, to heal the sick and to minister. That was them putting their faith in action. That was in Luke chapter 9. And then in chapter 10, Jesus sends out another 72 people to do the same. And of course, one of the last things he said to the disciples was go out into the whole world and preach the gospel. That's the action. And we need to do that in order to grow as a Christian. Now, here's an interesting paradox. We can be mature in some areas, but juvenile in others. Now, the tree obviously has linear growth. It starts as a seed in the ground, and then it starts to sprout, and then it grows into that juvenile form, and eventually when its roots hit a water source, it grows into the more mature form of the tree. That tree bears fruit and seeds, and of course the process starts all over again. But for Christians, we flip-flop around, don't we? There are times where we might be mature in some area of our faith and other times we're not. Or we might be bouncing all around those three circles. But I want to say, be kind to yourself. If you feel like you're taking one or two steps forward, but six or seven steps backwards, don't condemn yourself. The important thing is that there's that intention to progress in your faith. You're aiming for that gold medal, just like the Olympians. If you don't get there... Don't be hard on yourself. What's really important is that that is our heart's desire. Because we don't necessarily mature in our Christian lives just because we get older. So we have to be very intentional about this. If you look at those three circles again, I want to give you, give you some cautions about that. If we were to focus solely on studying the Word of God, which is a good thing to do, but if that was our sole focus and neglected the other areas, I believe it limits our relationship with God. This is what I mean. Someone can be a scholar of the Bible, a real academic, but not necessarily know God personally. Those other areas help us to develop that personal relationship. Or if we focus solely on faith, it limits the results of our Christian life because we know that faith on its own doesn't bear fruit. Or if we focus solely on actions, it limits the direction that we can have. And our actions can become misguided because we're not understanding what God is saying through our faith and through the word. And rather, we can be acting on our own impulses and experiences or listening to the voice of popular culture and acting in ways that really aren't godly. 
But you'll notice in that diagram, there's spaces in between the circles where they join. If we have a look at the space between the Word of God and faith, if we're ignoring actions, then I think we become fat Christians. Now, what I mean is that our Christian calorie intake through study of the Word and our faith isn't matching our output through our actions. If you look at the space between limited results, sorry, between faith and actions, and we forget about the Word of God, I believe that we can become empty Christians. Christians who are believing and doing, but they're not refueling themselves. We're not getting the nourishment from the roots planted deep in the Word of God. And if you look at the space between the Word of God and actions, and we ignore our faith, then we can become disillusioned Christians. We're reading the Word, we're trying to put it into action, but asking questions, well, why isn't it working? God, what are you doing? Um, I'm not seeing results. Why are these challenges here? And it's our faith that can help us in those times. And so without that, we can become disillusioned. So you can see that looking at all those circles there, it's important to balance those areas of our lives, just like the athlete has to balance their training regime. And in the middle, we have one space left. Now, very tempting to put a heart in there because our theme for the year is wholehearted. But you'll see what I've put in there is a cross because our goal in winning that gold medal is the gold medal in becoming more like Christ. And as we aim to do that, we'll certainly become wholehearted. But of course, there's someone working against all of that. We have an enemy. Jesus knew that as well. In the Bible, there was a time where Jesus was talking to his disciples about the suffering that he must endure and going to the cross. And one of his disciples, Peter, who was the impulsive one, spoke out and said, Jesus, we will not let that happen to you. And Jesus spoke very sternly to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, because he knew that Satan was using Peter to try and stop his purpose. It's ironic because it was only a few chapters earlier, Peter had this amazing revelation of who Jesus was. And now Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. It reminds me of a humorous kind of a story when I was growing up, a teenager in our church. There was a lovely old lady. She was rather old and rather large and rather deaf. So she was the kind of person who'd be sitting in church and when the minister would say, we're going to sing hymn number 57, She'd turn to her friend and say, well, what number was that? And the whole church would hear her voice. But after church one Sunday, we had this beautiful morning tea set out. There was cakes and lamingtons and biscuits and slices and all those good things. And she approached the table and I could see her mind ticking over, probably working out, where do I start? And while she was watching the food and standing there, she said in a loud voice, get behind me, Satan, and push me in. She then set about enjoying the morning tea. But at times we have to tell Satan to get behind us as well. And it might not be that there's an obvious uh, block in our lives or we feel an obvious attack. It could be simply we don't feel like reading the Bible. And that's Satan at work. We need to tell him to get behind us. Or it might be that we're starting to doubt and ask questions and we're not trusting God. Well, that's Satan. We need to tell him to get behind us. Or it could be that there's something we should be doing, some action we should be taking that expresses our faith and brings others to Christ, 
but we're quite comfortable just staying where we are. That is Satan. We need to tell him to get behind us because he wants us to stay in that juvenile form. That's not a threat to him, but a mature tree, a mature Christian is. As I conclude, I want to ask the question, how's your progress been over the year? Step out of life for a moment and think about that. Are you the same in your Christian faith as you were in January? Do you think you'll be the same in December or into, two, into 2022? And nothing will change. We need to be working to progress and develop our Christian faith. We need to be considering what we can do to get that gold medal and become more Christ-like. Are your roots sinking deep into the Word of God? Are you finding that your nutrition there, your water source is there, that you're being fed? Is your faith stretching? If you can believe for this much, can you then believe for that much? If you can trust God that much, can you trust him now that much? Are you growing and stretching in your faith? And what is it that God would have you do? Is there someone to speak to? Is there a group to join, a Bible study to lead? Or is it simply talking with your own family about Jesus? How are you expressing your faith, outworking that in your actions? I think if we consider these things, we can become gold medalists. Another quote from John Stott. He says, A Christian should resemble a fruit tree with real fruit, not a Christmas tree with decorations. And the final word this morning to the writer of the Hebrews, chapter 12. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you desire for us to grow and not to just stay where we are. We thank you that Jesus is our example and may we grow to be more like him. And Father, we look forward to the day where we see you face to face and you put that gold medal around our neck and say, well done, good and faithful servant. We love you, Lord. Amen.